come from? Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found? It came from outer space to fill the world with terror. What earthly power can stop this terror? That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. The from outer space. So I'm out on my route the other day, right? And I see this sign for a little Mexican restaurant. And it says, tacos, and correct me if I'm wrong, you guys probably, you live in San Diego, so you know this more than I do. Tacos and papulsas, papusas, papusas. That's probably what it's. Papushkas? No, it's more Mexican. Anyways, I'm thinking, what, what's the word? Papusa. Papusa. It's more I'm of a it's my- South American thing. Not Mexican. Well, I mean, I guess technically, I don't know. They're pretty close together. I mean, have you seen any of those around, like a San Diego? Or yes. Okay. See, I never did when I was out there. So I was just like in the back of my mind, I was like, "Man, I wonder what these are." I gotta check this out sometime. I get back to the office. These two girls are standing there chatting at their little desk. I say hey to them or whatever, and then the one girl goes, "I actually prefer pupusas over tacos." And so I, I turn around and I go, hey, what the hell is a pupusa? And the girl looks me straight in the eye and goes, just Google it. And like turned back to her conversation. Dude, so I just got, I got just Googled it the other day. So I feel like we're breaking into mainstream culture. But You're this got me thinking. Shit. I guess, man. But this got me thinking too. Like I, I've been fascinated by diets ever since we all lived together and like what people eat and stuff. And thinking back through history, who do you guys think are like the most jacked, physically fit, not like jacked up looking or like done the most jacked up shit. Although that might be relevant to tonight's episode. Who do you think are like the most jacked people in history? Well, I think that 300 would have you believe it's Gerard Butler and the Spartans. (laughs) Okay, Rob. (laughs) Yeah, I would say maybe like ancient Greeks or ancient Egyptians. Oh, Egyptians is interesting. Okay, see. I I mean, they built the damn pyramids apparently. Yeah, but the Egyptians didn't. Yeah, that was the Hebrews, buddy. Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Alien diets. That's what we need to be looking into. But I guess that's my segue into this episode. I went Greek too, by the way, just for the record. Ancient people had some interesting diets. And tonight, Rob. We're getting into the Moors on episode 90. It's the podcast from outer space. It's your boy, Rob Scott. We got Teabag in the house. Hey guys, thanks for listening. And as always, it's Ryan Scott. Assalamu alaikum, my brothers. <laughs> and he's apparently converting to Islam now. <laughs> yes, now. now, real quickly, I do want to say uh, shout out to our giveaway winner. Uh, we announced that on the Instagram post. And Teabag still remains the reigning, defending Star Fox champion. Nobody was able to challenge the man's high score. Ah. <sighs> Now, getting in a little, a little, I guess, background on tonight's episode, because shout out to Mike Brown for this one. So Mike hits us up and he says, hey, an episode in relation to the Moore's uh, Freemason connection could be cool. I figure, hell, you know, I'm up for anything, uh, even though admittedly this is a little out of our wheelhouse. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, who are we to put ourselves in a box? Uh, so <laughs> I, I read into some of the links he sends. I look at some of the stuff on the subject. And I got to say, I had a hell of a time 
reading into this. A good hell of a time or like a difficult hell of a time? Well, a little bit of both because this could go in many different directions and it does do just that uh, because there seems to be a lot of pseudoscience, misinformation, disinformation, uh, lots Mm. of muddying the truth with this one, uh, which that's right up our alley. So uh, I said, hell. Let's do it. I, and and I, that being said, you know, I hope this episode covers what you wanted to hear, Mike. And shout out to Mike once again. Um, now, basically, in this episode, what I've tried to do uh, is kind of give you a brief history on the term, the Moors themselves, as history, and most scholars tend to agree with. Uh, then we'll get into this grander theory on the Moorish Freemason connection. Look at the Moorish Science Temple of America, which is where these theories seem to be rooted, and uh, some of its spin-off counterpart schisms, which, guys, this is where things get a little dark, drastically dark turn. Uh, and this one basically comes full circle, as we'll see. Uh, because as I said, you know, this one can be very in the weeds, very complex, but I found it to be extremely fascinating. So, you know, hopefully this stuff interests you guys as much as it does me. And maybe we'll get some good conversations. Oh, we will. Now, disclaimer, guys. We got we to gotta hit you with a disclaimer, uh, as we always do. Yeah. Do we always? Uh, I mean, sometimes always. But, you know. Sometimes always. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, so, one, we are not historians. We are not uh, scholars. You know, this is well, dealing. We're scholars uh, now. <laughs> okay. uh, Maybe we're not historians. Self proclaimed. Now, this is dealing with a ton of complex history. And we have basically like pulled out some of the more interesting bits that pertain to today's topic. Uh, now, two, these are not our beliefs. Uh, I have once again pulled from many different sources. I've watched countless hours of idiots on YouTube uh, to bring you the Loyal Legion, an episode that looks at all sides of the object, so to speak. Uh, And three, as I said, this one takes a dark turn. Some of the stuff we're going to get into has gotten some people canceled in the past. Uh, Most notable that comes to mind is Nick Cannon. Uh, right. I guess most recent and notable, uh, you know, some of this stuff downright racist, uh, but we are not subscribing or condoning to any of these ideologies. Except for the fact that Ryan is converting to Islam. <laughs> <laughs> Except now me now I've been reading into a lot about this and we'll get into this, but I, I think I'm, I'm thinking about converting. Unreal. Assalamu alaikums to use. Uh, now, so, so all that being said, you know, this is just meant to be an entertaining, hopefully thought provoking episode. Um, and maybe this sparks some further interest and you guys read into this stuff for yourselves. Now, what do you guys know about the Moors? What did you know? What did you learn? If anything, uh, what do we got? Well, I think you guys are both familiar with the, uh, Kevin Costner rendition of Robin Hood. Also known as Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, <laughs> yes, where that my man are. Morgan Freeman, a.k.a. Azim, is in fact a Moor. And arguably one of the most badass characters in the film. Probably mm. the most. Right, you are. I would say that's probably my first introduction because I was like, what the fuck is a Moor? Is he calling him that because he's black? Is he calling him that because he's a different religion? What's going on here? Okay, okay. Now, for starters, is it Moors or is it like Moors, like Coors? <laughs> well, <laughs> is Moors like the knockoff beer, the Muslim beer? No, because some people spell it with a U, they but put again, an M in front of it, yeah, just like it, the blood. There's different renditions. 
uh, different evolutions, but you know, mores is the agreed upon term. M O O R. <laughs> like the bloods. Moors, yeah, these were the uh, Islamic African invaders that went into Spain, right? That's the Moors, historically speaking. That's all I got. Okay, so you just learned these guys invaded Spain and bing, bang, boom? Pretty much, man. Yeah, I feel like not really covered in curriculum. Okay, okay, yeah. I, I'm going to say Robin Hood again. That's that's what draws a lot of my uh, early memories of the Moors. Also, Othello. The play. Uh, yes, the play. He's a Moor. And then that yeah. was like remade into that movie O with Josh Hartnett and Mackay Pfeiffer. You ever seen that? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. So uh, also the Black Knight with Martin Lawrence <laughs> where he keeps calling him a Moor. You remember this? <laughs> yes. Which that movie's fucking hilarious. I was rewatching it the other day. It's free on YouTube. Underrated movie. <laughs> it's free on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Underrated movie. Um but yeah, I think these are our introductions, and it's just like you were saying, like it's not really covered in detail in school, or at least I didn't learn about it in school that much, but uh, mm-hmm. um, I mean, let's get into it. The history of the Moors. Uh, these guys, pretty badass. Think Again, think Azim from Robin Hood. Um, now, the Moors were a people about a thousand years ago who resided in the southern Mediterranean and North Africa, places like Iberia, Malta, Morocco, etc., Uh, Now, historically, the Moors controlled a good portion of Spain when the country became dominated by Islamic rulers throughout much of the Middle Ages. Uh, Over time, they were slowly pushed back during the Renaissance and were eventually pushed out of Spain entirely by the Reconquista of King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella. These are the same, uh, same people who sent Columbus out and about. Yeah, they're assholes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so now, now, when it came to knowledge or advancements in civilization, uh, the Moors were pretty damn smart. Uh, you know, as we said, they managed to conquer a good portion of Spain, and the Moors are credited with helping advance or bring knowledge to many parts of Europe or, quote-unquote, the West. Uh, many things we still use today, like paper, crops like sugarcane, dates, oranges, lemons, uh, different musical instruments. I was even reading that the whole concept of doctors was brought to the West by the Moors. Uh, So pretty badass. You know, the knowledge from the Moors is seen as providing a critical link between ancient and modern civilization. Now, are these the same assholes that brought algebra and geometry over and fucked me and Rob over in high school? Well, I don't know, because remember we were talking about geometry in Freemasons, and that goes back to like Euclid in Egypt. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So that could be a, a little bit different, but still North Africa. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, going back, like providing a critical link between ancient and modern civilizations, uh, you know, I mean, to even explain this, we needn't look further than... As Rob mentioned, the all-time classic 1991 adventure film from our childhood, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Morgan Freeman plays Azim, who is a Moor. And do you remember the telescope scene? Like, throughout that whole movie, he's way smarter than Robin Hood. Robin Hood's kind of an idiot. Well, actually, in, in doing research for this podcast, I came across this conspiracy theory that he's actually supposed to be the moral compass and like the conscience mm. of Robin Hood because Robin Hood's just like, yo, fuck these guys. I got to get back at them for what they did to me and my people kind of thing. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
let's be smart about this. Let's not just act out of aggression. That's what I'm saying. The whole movie, remember, he follows him because he saved his life and he says he's indebted to him. Till he returns the favor. But he saves his life throughout that whole fucking movie countless times. And then in the end, Azim's got the last kill when he throws the sword at the witch. Fucking badass. Uh, the fucking oh, yeah. Alibaba sword. And <laughs> <laughs> like... But I was getting at the telescope scene. You remember when he gives him the telescope to look and he sees the guy riding up and he like jumps back and tries to stab his sword through the telescope? <laughs> yeah. And Azim's like, how the hell did your people conquer Jerusalem? <laughs> like, this is, this is an accurate depiction of the Moors because they're fucking badass. And as I said, they brought a lot of knowledge to the uh, Middle Ages, the Dark Ages of Europe. Uh, you know, they brought them out of that into the Renaissance area. Now, the Moors were not a unified ethnic group. The term Moor was applied to them by the Spanish. And because of a majority of the Moors were Muslims, Moor essentially became a blanket term for all Muslims. Uh, Moorish relatives and descendants still live in places like Morocco. And the term is often used today in Spanish and Portuguese to refer to Muslims of Arab or African ancestry and usually not in a very positive way. So should we be saying M-word? Are we allowed to say? Well, I mean, historically speaking, like it's not like we're going up to people calling them Moors that are right. just because they're Muslims. You know, we are just speaking of the historics, you know? Also, I don't think it holds the same weight as uh, certain other terminology that we will not use on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, then, I'm just trying to cover our ass. Hey, hey. I gave a disclaimer. We're covering a lot of sensitive subjects today, but educational nonetheless. We're not using the term in a derogatory way. We're simply covering the history of it, basically, is what he's saying. A blanket group of people. Got it, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of the summary of the the historic Moors. You know, this is how history sees them. Um, but there's a grander conspiracy uh, that seems to have developed involving the Moors, and that is basically that African Americans who were brought over to the U.S. in the slave trade were not actually African, quote unquote, in the sense of like sub-Saharan Africa, but were the true descendants of the Moors and that their native religion was Islam. Uh, now, through this line of thought, there have been schisms and sects and subgroups, uh, some of whom explain that there is a relationship between the Moors and the Freemasons who founded America, which this is partly true, as, as we'll get into much later, but not in the sense that, that they're getting at. Uh, and some go as far as not seeing themselves as part of the USA due to their Moorish heritage. So they are not obligated to pay taxes, have a license to drive, need a passport, yada, yada. They basically uh, just believe that the law doesn't apply to them. This actually makes a lot of sense, and I want to know where to sign up. Okay, actually, we are, now I got a link, and we'll get into it a bit later, but we, uh, we're going to sign up. Now, I don't want this to be like the whole Scientology thing. Don't sign me <laughs> no, personally. It's going to be just like the Scientology. Oh. Now, some of these other subgroups subscribe to and teach racist and anti-Semitic ideologies, and these are not just fringe theories. Uh, you know, as we've seen, some of this managed to creep into mainstream pop culture, find their way into Jay-Z, Ice Cube, and even Kendrick Lamar lyrics. Now, I bet you're thinking, you know, how do we get there? I mean, that's a lot to unpack. Uh, you know the scene in Christmas Vacation where he hands Russ the 
tangled up lights and is like, work on that knot. Yeah. That's like this episode is like the lights <laughs> tangled up. And I'm trying to I'm trying to untangle all this stuff. And I think I've I've done a pretty good job of unraveling this. By the end of the episode, you're just gonna throw it in the yard and say <laughs> fuck it and go back inside. Yeah. No, I think <laughs> I've got a pretty good handle on this one. So um now do we have any of these rap lyrics? Are we gonna post them on Instagram? Well, I mean, just I mean, okay, what you want to go through like line by line? I mean, we'll get into it later because I have like the whole Verse for verse, who got the best line about Muslims? <laughs> I would, I would argue that uh, Jay Electronica. I mean, his whole new album is about like uh, he's got bits from Louis Farrakhan on there, sampled in. Okay, uh, who is a piece of shit and a virulent anti-Semite. And oh yes, yeah. and he's still on Twitter. Um, but no, I mean, this is a lot to unpack. So you know, let's kind of go through it, see how we get to this mainstream filtering out of these ideologies. Now, the origins of Freemasonry, uh, as we covered in our last episode, they're murky at best. You know, there's a ton of myth, legend, speculation, folklore woven into their history over the years, possibly by design. Um, Now, since the late 18th century, Masonic writers have set out to establish a link between the Knights Templar and the Freemasons. And in doing so, they create myths and tales that link Masonic lore and symbols to places like ancient Egypt. Uh, now, the involvement of the Freemasons in establishing the USA is well known, as we discussed again last episode. Not only George Washington, but founding fathers like Benjamin Franklin were high degree Masons. Masonry pretty much indirectly had a profound influence on the formation of American society. Uh, Masons helped draft the declaration of independence and this leads to many theories that people believe the establishment of the usa was a solely a masonic project uh, or a grandiose plan within freemasonry Hmm. Uh, you know but was there another secret power all along which had managed to go relatively unnoticed Now, this is where this Moore theory comes in. And to kind of explain this, we need to look at the Moorish Science Temple of America. Now, what this truly is, is a, an Asiatic Muslim religious movement founded in the mid-1920s in Chicago for African Americans. And so we'll give a history on this, look at some offshoots, and then we'll get back into these Masonic connections. We tracking? We tracking. So it's no secret. You know, Masonic temples are everywhere in America. Uh, We covered last episode. Membership numbers fluctuated over the years. But nonetheless, the temples remained and the fraternity continued to survive. Can I just say, ever since we recorded that episode, like I've started noticing more signs around for these temples. I've been seeing more letters in the mail to members, I'm assuming. Well, yeah, that's that's like there's probably a uh, psychiatric term for that. Like you see... Like you talk about something and you're aware of it and then you start seeing it more and more. Mm. You know, you'll probably start noticing more uh, Moorish temples, more fezes, that sort of thing after this episode. (laughs) Yeah, I don't see a lot of people wearing fezes in the Carolinas. Well, Well, (laughs) maybe that's because we hadn't talked about them before, but now I'll be aware of them. Maybe they're out there. Now, the Moorish Science Temple of America was founded by Noble Drew Ali in 1913. So we'll first give you a background on this guy because essentially what this guy did was say, hey, Freemasonry, religion, mysticism, the occult, I can uh, 
combine all of this stuff, make my own version of this fraternity, secret society, religious esoteric mm. group, and bing, bang, boom, I'm rich, I'm a prophet, wrist looking like a damn pharaoh. Now, was that his given name, or is that like a name given to him by the temple? Well, we'll get there. The stage it, was, name. it was given to him by himself, as we'll see. Uh, now, there's a picture of the gentleman there. Now, it is worth noting that Noble Drew Ali was among the first people to introduce Islam to African Americans through this movement that he founded. Because this was actually something I was kind of, I always kind of wondered, you know, like, of all the world religions, like why did Islam become so popular amongst African Americans, especially in like the 1960s and 70s civil rights type stuff, you know? Um, let's find out. Mm. Uh, because keep in mind, with this guy's life, there's a ton of muddied history, lots of unknowns, lots of questions, because his followers believed he was a prophet. Uh, so we get legends combined with his actual life story, which, as we said, it, it, this is like Freemason, revisionist history, religious history. It's by design. It's meant to be enigmatic. So let's set the scene for you. The year is 1886. Carl Benz patents the first successful gasoline-driven automobile. Spain abolishes slavery in Cuba. German inventor Frederick Sonikin first develops the hole puncher and U.S. President Grover Cleveland dedicates the Statue of Liberty, a gift from France. Shout out to France once again. And on June 8th in North Carolina or Virginia, as accounts differ, a one Timothy Drew is born. Now, according to his followers, his mother died when he was young and he was raised by an aunt who was an evil and wicked woman she once threw her young nephew into the furnace but alas ali was saved from the flames by allah now he actually had a scar on his arm and he would show this to his followers to prove this you know he, he would go up to them and go you believe that you see this is what happens when you spill paint at my house. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this car could have been from anything. And this guy just says, like, this proves his story that he was saved by Allah in the furnace. And he mm. would show him this car and they'd be like, this wow. guy's a fucking prophet. <laughs> it only got on his arm. <laughs> yeah, his whole so. body was in the furnace and only his arm got scarred. <laughs> yeah. And he would say, I don't think I need to sit with you fucking dildos. <laughs> uh, this is not, so according to legend, you know, Ali moved to a gypsy camp until he received a message from Allah that he must go on a mission. A gypsy camp in North Carolina? <laughs> hey, they, is there they a lot of those out there, buddy? They existed in the Appalachians, dude. Now, um, this is when he allegedly traveled to Egypt and Morocco, where he studied African history, the Islamic religion, and Islamic mysticism. He also claimed to have met a high priest of Egyptian magic who taught him magic as well. Um, the Moroccan king later sent him to spread Islam among the African Americans. Now, this magic, there's no K in there. So we're talking like non-weird. Yeah, we're talking like actual magic, like pulling a rabbit out of a hat and type shit. Mm. This guy was like David Blaine. Um, <laughs> now, 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 historians, so this that's kind of like the myth, 
that his followers believe. Now, historians have pinned down that Ali left North Carolina for Newark, New Jersey. Great place. Where he worked odd jobs here and there as a train expressman. He spent some time in Norfolk, Virginia as a longshoreman. Uh, he received no formal education, but he was exposed to Asian philosophy, which contains no distinct concept of race. Uh, mm. And keep this in mind. This became an important point uh, in his later teachings. Uh, and this kind of reminded me of the story of Chung Ling So. <laughs> <laughs> like, because back then, like 1900s, if you don't know Chung Ling So, look him up. He's this white guy who was a magician, again, like Harry Houdini. But just to be more mysterious, he like shaved his head, just dressed up as Asian, painted his face with grease paint and did magic tricks and like tried to get <laughs> change his name to Chung Ling So. What was his real name? Uh, his real name was William Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> not very Chinese. Like yeah, I mean, this, that's what I'm saying. This guy was just a full-on white guy that did this. But again, like back then, there's no Wikipedia. Nobody could really like look this up. The guy could just like do this. Uh, we kind of see the same thing here in like Asian philosophy and like you know back in the day they would say like it's like Oriental mysticism and like it was just a very foreign culture. So it's. Sure. Yeah, it, it was isolated. Yeah. yeah, and it added like an air of mystery. Like if you said you were an or uh, I tr like L. Ron Hubbard did the same thing. He made up that he like traveled to all these places and learned all these mystic mystics and shit in the Orient, and he starts Scientology. Aleister Crowley also did the same shit. Hmm. He brought up the Loch Ness monster though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what does um, this guy do? Kill himself? Who? Chung Ling Su. Uh, Chung Ling Su, yes. Robinson. Yes, Chung Ling Su actually did die in a catch the bullet magic trick. So, you know, he was no David Blaine. He did catch a bullet. <laughs> he, did, <laughs> he did catch a bullet. He also caught a dirt nap. Um, so, now, obviously, like, Noble was so poisoning. <laughs> now, now, back to Noble Drew. So, obviously, this concept of no race. This became a stark contrast to racism that was prevalent here in America at the time. Uh, so this philosophy resonated with Ali and would influence him in drafting up his own set of doctrines. Now, in 1913, he founded the Canaanite Temple in Newark, New Jersey. And over the next 12 years, he moved westward, establishing temples in Pittsburgh, Detroit, and Chicago. Now, as these temples were established, his movement took shape, attracted many followers, and this movement began to grow. And Noble Drew, Noble Drew claimed that he himself was the reincarnation of the prophet Muhammad. He preached that Islam was the religion of African Americans before they were enslaved and that they should return to it. Ali founded and taught the five divine holy principles of love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. Uh, and the purpose behind his movement started out to be, uh, you know, African-American uplift here in the U.S. Uh, now, isn't that contradictory? What do you mean? Well, he's preaching no races, but he wants to uplift African-Americans. Well, not uplift in a sense of like they're better than anyone, because at this point, it's not... It's not bad. Like the thing, the things haven't started to sour. You know, you could look at it at this point, and he's just kind of like, "Hey, love, truth, peace, freedom, justice. Who can't get behind that?" And you know, okay. 
at this point in history, it's like we said, racism is, is rampant here in the U.S. And he's just trying to teach them like, hey, you know. Uh, now, Noble it, Drew, is this gentleman African-American? Yes. I, did you not see the picture yes, I put? Well, I didn't want to be racist. <laughs> yes, he is African-American. But if he didn't see race, he wouldn't see himself as African-American. Is that what you're trying to get at? Well, no, no, no. That's, that's, that's what I'm trying to get at. No, I, yeah, I get what you're saying, um, but it's just it's just a way, like, he's not saying, like, hey, you as an African-American are better than anybody else. Like, it hasn't gotten that far yet. Right, right. And I'm not saying, like, uplift in a bad way. Uh, uplift is good. Like, let's uplift everybody. But is he specifically targeting black people? Well, at this point, though, he's just providing, like, he's just saying, like, hey, you know, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. Like, we can all get behind that, you know? The history might be a little off, uh, but, you know, no harm, no foul, you know? This is America. People can believe in whatever they want, you know? This is a land of opportunity. Well, also, I feel like at this time in America, he's just trying to bring something uplifting to his people. Yes, yes. That's That's what I'm getting at. Maybe not... I get. I'm just saying, like, if we're talking about no race, he shouldn't be. He should be trying to uplift every single American. Well, yeah, I think. Okay, so that's I think how this started out. Because I don't know if this was exclusively an African American group, but he saw this as a way to basically just preach an ideology that, like, hey, you're not worthless. You're not uh, any lesser because of your skin color. Because look at. White supremacy is rampant in the in the U.S. The Ku Klux Klan are marching in Washington D.C. Mm. So he's kind of just doing. He's just kind of saying like, "Hey, th- these people are bullshit. There's no concept of race. We should be uplifting ourselves." You get what I'm saying? Get back to your roots. Yeah, get back to our roots. Now, one of the major tenets of the faith concerned the national identity of African Americans. Ali discounted identities created by white Americans such as Negro, colored, and black. And he taught that African-Americans were not actually from sub-Saharan Africa, but were actually Moors, claiming that his people originated in Morocco and their native religion was Islam. He referred to all people of color as Asiatics, asserting that African-Americans were actually olive-skinned and Asiatic. Or to be more specific, they belonged to the Asiatic nation of North America. Now, as such, they were members of a pan-Asiatic group of peoples, which included Egyptians. Uh, again, this goes back to the Masonic stuff. They're just trying to like link their lineage back to this ancient mystic knowledge. We tracking so far? No, because he's still talking about a specific race, but his whole ideology is supposed to be there is no race. I'm going to have to move past this one. I, I can't wrap my mind around it. I think he's using that as a selling point to get people to buy in, basically. Yeah, yeah, because, yes. So his message is bullshit. He's he's a... No race isn't his message. That inspired him. He That's he, what attracted yes, him to it. Yes, that's what attracted him. He just used that to write his own doctrines. I think that's where you're getting confused. He, yes. Because he was a longshoreman, so he saw he saw pe- that's people that like unload ships. So obviously he interacted with uh, people coming over from Asia, and they had these philosophies and books that he would read. And this is where he came across this no concept of race, and so he was like use that as his doctrines, but basically kind of spun it. Okay. This is not his, his teaching. Was not that there's no race. His teaching became more that like, hey, this is where you 
all of us African-Americans came from. And he basically just kind of like is spinning his own narrative here. God, okay. That makes more sense. All right. Yeah. Um, because, you know, because with all these claims, Ali could draw a line of identification with African-Americans and their North African ancestors, as well as Muslims all over the world. This gave his followers a sense of pride in their ancestry that they had been stripped of in the slave trade. So is that is that making more sense? Because this was an extremely important point. Uh, you know, at this point in the U.S., we're about 20 years from the Civil War. There's an insane amount of legal and racial discrimination. Uh, so along comes Moorish Science Temple, and this provides an identity for African Americans outside of the confines of, of black and white. You know, this appealed to thousands of African Americans who had uh, left the South in the Great Migration and were having trouble adapting in the urban environments of the North. Uh, because you think about it, like during the slave trade, you're taken away from your home, you're cut off from your culture, you lose your sense of identity. Along comes Noble Drew saying, hey, you have an identity, an important righteous one. Uh, you have a sense of purpose, a sense of importance in an era where African-Americans seem to have none of this. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Now, at this point, he's still preaching peace and equality. It still hasn't gone off the rails. I mean, yeah, they've got a few like fairy tale beliefs, but what religion doesn't? <laughs> you know? It's very true. Uh, and I think it's it's with this whole racial aspect where we start to see how things can go south. Mm. Um, now, we aren't there yet, but let's press on. <laughs> so the actual religion developed by Ali was largely based on Christianity, uh, though it claimed to be an Islamic faith. Now, around 1927, Ali published the Holy Quran of the Moorish Science Temple. This is also known as the Circle 7 Quran. Now, this, ba this book basically cherry-picked from the Quran, the Bible, Marcus Garvey, and Noble Drew Ali's own ideologies. And Drew, Drew Ali wrote the last four chapters of the Circle 7 Quran himself. And in these, he wrote, quote, The fallen sons and daughters of the Asiatic nation of North America need to learn to love instead of hate and to know their higher self and lower self. This is the uniting of the Holy Quran of Mecca for teaching and instructing all Moorish Americans. The key of civilization was and is the hands of the Asiatic nations, the Moorish who were the ancient Moabites and the founders of the holy city of Mecca. Now, within this religion, uh, followers viewed Friday as their holy day, which I can get behind. And this is where we actually get the term, thank God it's Friday. Is that where the movies come from? Friday? Friday after next? The whole trilogy? <laughs> okay. Uh, no, this actually isn't where we get the term uh, TGIF. And no, this is, is Ice not. Cube a Muslim? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's an anti-Semite. Um, is he Muslim? No, he might be. I think he actually Maybe might be. Maybe more. Yeah, well, so they worship three times a day. Uh, they greeted fellow members by saying peace or Islam and changed their last name by adding the Arabic article El or Bey to demonstrate their ethnic identity. That's B-E-Y. Does that go <clears throat> at the end or the beginning? I believe Beyonce. L is at the uh, beginning. Bay would be at the end. Uh, now, followers... Did you change your name yet? I did not. Now, followers also <laughs> obeyed a strict moral code forbidding intoxicants, tobacco, hair straightenings, cosmetics, meat and eggs, 
and male members of the temple wear a fez or a turban as a head covering, and women wore turbans. Now, are you giving up meat and eggs? Well, I'm not, a, I'm not <laughs> Moorish. This is, again, this is what Noble Drew is taking from Islam and combining it into his own religion. This isn't strictly Islam. Yeah, I know. This I'm is the Moorish. I'm messing with okay. you. Now, ushers of the temple wore black fezes. The leader of a particular temple was known as a grand sheik or governor, and noble Drew Ali was so noble that he was known to have several wives. A harem. <laughs> yes. Now, there is a picture of the gentleman there with all his wives. That looks like a guy in the background. Yeah, he's got a mustache. Well, yeah, they're not all his wives. There's some of his... Some of his, his uh, husbands. Or his, his right-hand man. Uh, That's now, what they call it. Now, from 1925 to 1929, the movement rapidly expanded, and some historians estimate there was just over 30,000 members in as many as 17 temples and cities across the Midwest and Upper South. Uh, Others estimate the number was somewhere in the hundreds of thousands. Now, in 1926, the Moorish Science Temple became a legal corporation, and by 1928, there were temples in Harlem, Philly, and several southern cities. Uh, there were even Moorish grocery stores, schools, youth groups, newspapers, and magazines. Mm. Now, last episode, what did we say happens when anything gains popularity or a massive following? Someone dies. Well, not only that, but something more important. You can look at also any major religion this has happened. Someone dies. Schism. Schism. Mm. A schism. Uh, so the rapid expansion of the movement made it difficult for Ali to lead all by himself, despite the fact that he was a noble prophet. Uh, so Ali goes to certain members for help. And he's saying like, hey, you know, I, I need help administrating, administrating and leading the organization. Of course, we got a power struggle between Ali and his lieutenant, Sheik Claude Green Bay. And he went on to form the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> no, 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 I, I just because not like I was reading about this guy, and you know how when you're reading articles, it'll just refer to him by their last name. It kept referring to him as Green Bay, but that's B E Y. But I, I don't know. I just thought it was funny. Now, now Green Bay had been the business manager of Chicago Temple Number One, and he split from the Morris Science Temple of America declared himself Grand Sheik, and took a number of members with him. Hmm. On March 15, 1929, Green Bay was stabbed to death at the Unity Hall of the Moorish Science Temple on Indiana Avenue in Chicago. Now the and thus the rivalry... I was just going to say, and thus the rivalry between the Bears and the Packers began. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, we can trace it back to this. Now did Noble Drew put a hit on this guy? Well... Ooh... Although Noble Drew was out of town at the time of the killing, of course he was. He was accused <laughs> of the murder and arrested upon his return. And while this nobleman was out on bail awaiting trial, he died under mysterious circumstances. Not just what were the mm. circumstances. Now, his certificate of death stated that Noble Drew Ali died from tuberculosis and bronchopneumonia. But some argue that he died as a result of mistreatment while in police custody. Others believe that temple members gunning for his position had him killed. One follower told the Chicago Defender that, quote, The prophet was not ill. His work was done, and he laid his head upon the lap of one of his followers and just passed out. 
So this guy's saying he was like Yoda. You know, he basically just laid down and disappeared. Mm, force ghost. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, believe whatever you want. The guy's dead. Uh, now, the death of Drew Ali brought out... Was there an autopsy on Noble Drew? Probably not. Um, mm, Chi-Town did him dirty. Exactly, dude. Chirac, they call it. Now, the death <laughs> of Drew Ali brought out a number of candidates to succeed him. Brother Edward Mealy L., Start stated that he had been declared Drew Ali's successor by Drew Ali himself. John Givens L., who was Ali's chauffeur, declared that he was Drew Ali reincarnated. He said to have fainted while working on Drew Ali's automobile and saw, quote, The sign of the star and crescent appear in my eyes. Now, despite this claim, Charles Kirkman Bay was named the successor and grand advisor. On September 25th, 1929, Kirkman Bay's wife reported to the Chicago police that he'd been kidnapped by Ira Johnson along with two Morris Science members. The police visited the home of Johnson and were met by gunfire. The shootout spilled into the surrounding neighborhood, leaving two cops and a member of the Morris Science Temple dead. Police then took 60 people into custody and a reported thousand police officers patrolled the Chicago South Side that night. Johnson and two others were later convicted of murder and Kirkman Bay went out to serve as grand advisor until 1959. Now, the community splits even further when Wallace Fard Muhammad, known within the temple as David Ford L., also claimed to be the reincarnation of Drew Ali. When his leadership was rejected, he broke away from the Moorish Science Temple and he moved to Detroit where he formed his own group in 1930. This would become the Nation of Islam. So these guys are just basically making shit up as they go? <laughs> exactly. Now, we're, you're familiar with the Nation of Islam, correct? Yes. Okay. Now... Farrakhan, right? Yes, Farrakhan is the leader. Khan, is Khan. the leader today. But again, within I was looking up like the Nation of Islam. They've had like four um, schisms themselves, and there's like four different Nation of Islams. But Farrakhan is the leader of the um, most popular one. And what about uh, Leroy Brown L on the south side of Chicago? Well, it's a bad man. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad man. But he did get killed, right? In a gambling feud or something? I believe. Now, so this is what I found interesting. So this guy, he was part of the Moorish Science Temple. He breaks away, forms Nation of Islam, and he just disappeared in 1934. He's essentially Cotton Eye Joe because nobody knows where he came from and nobody knows what the fuck happened to this guy. He just disappeared. So he just appears. He's a Morris Science Temple member, found a nation of Islam, and then just disappeared in 1934. Now, he may have not even had a drop of African blood in his body. His dad was Caucasian, and his mother is assumed to be Polynesian. Now, there's a picture of him there. So he could have been like the, he could have been like the founder of the nation of Islam, the premier black supremacy group could have been a fucking not even black. He was like the original Rachel Dolezal. He could have been, you know, and there's a whole like 
we can get into this one on another episode because I do want to do an episode on like COINTEL Pro by the FBI where they were yeah. like infiltrating a lot of groups because there's a lot to that like this whole thing was a conspiracy that uh, the FBI like was trying to embarrass them by saying, hey, look, this guy's white. Um, but in all the pictures of this guy, he he does look more like uh, maybe like a New Zealand uh, New Zealander. Uh, are some sort of like Polynesian ancestry than African American, but there's no there's no uh, definite proof of his. I mean, people roots either way. Yeah, people have claimed to kind of put things together because of all the name changes. But people have kind of claimed to put things together, and some people found this draft card which they attribute to him, and it states that he's Caucasian. Um, but you know, again, that's like a whole deep episode for another day. And we will definitely do an enter, uh, an episode on COINTEL pro, but probably not one on nation of Islam. Well, this, this is the episode on nation of Islam because it's a direct schism from Morris science temple. Now, just a bang up job by our, uh, government agency, huh? Hey, uh, let's, uh, infiltrate this popular black movement and we'll use a white guy to do it. Why not just have a black guy? Not even infiltrate. <laughs> this guy founded Nation of Islam from Moorish Science Temple. So this is where we see things start to sour because um, like, we'll get into this guy's writings, uh, Fard Muhammad, but he basically took what Noble Drew was saying and just went further with it. Now, members of Nation of Islam often deny connection with Ali's movement, the Moorish Science Temple although they do share several ideologies. Now, Fard studied Ali's methods in order to introduce the Quran to his followers. And when the Morris Science Temple divided after Ali's death, most members joined with Fard and um, what's the other guy's name? Elijah Muhammad. So they joined with Fard and Elijah Muhammad in the Nation of Islam. Now, today, there are only small followings left of Noble Drew Ali's teachings and the Morris Science Temple in Hartford, Connecticut and Lexington, Kentucky, but it's basically a shell of its former self. Now, like the Morris Science Temple, the Nation of Islam promoted racial identity, although it did not go so far as to claim that African-Americans weren't black, quote unquote, it did tailor its message and theology specifically towards African-Americans. Elijah Muhammad, who took over after Fard, he expanded on Fard's ideals in books like Message to the Black Man in America in 1965. Now, in this book, he writes of the legend of Yakub. This is, I am not even making this shit up here. Legend of Yakub. This is right up our alley. And this is like, um, this is what Nation of Islam actually believes. So they write that Yakub is said to have been born in Mecca. He was a member of the Meccan branch of the tribe of Shabazz. Yakub acquired the nickname Big Head because of his unusually large head and his arrogance. At the age of six, he discovered the law of attraction and repulsion by playing with magnets made of steel. This insight led to a plan to create a new people who could, with the knowledge of tricks and lies, rule the original black man. By the age of 18, he had exhausted all knowledge in the universities of Mecca, and he then discovered that the, quote, original black man contained both a black germ and a brown germ. With 59,999 followers, 
he went to an isle in the Asian Sea called Palan, which Muhammad identifies with Patmos. Now, once there, he established a despotic regime and set about breeding out the black traits, killed all darker babies, and created a brown race after 200 years. Yakub died at the age of 152, but his followers carried on his work. After 600 years of this deliberate eugenics, the white race was created. The brutal conditions of their creation determined the evil nature of the new race. And quote, by lying to the black mother of the baby, this lie was born into the very nature of the white baby. And murder for the black people was also born in them or made by nature a liar and murderer. The new race traveled to Mecca, where they caused so much trouble they were exiled to West Asia, or Europe, stripped of everything but the language, and once there they were roped in to keep them out of paradise. The soldiers patrolled the border armed with swords to prevent the devils from crossing, and for many centuries they lived a barbaric life, surviving naked in caves and eating raw meat. But eventually they were drawn out of the caves by Moses who taught them to wear clothes. Moses tried to civilize them, but he eventually gave up and blew up 300 of the most troublesome of them with dynamite. However, they had learned to use technology <laughs> to usurp <laughs> power and enslave the black population. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> First off, usurp. What did I say? Usurp. Oh, okay. Tricknology. Is that real? Is that the set the science? Is that written down? Tricknology. That is written down. Now they use tricknology to usurp. <laughs> <laughs> now you're tricking me. They use, Are you using tricknology on us? <laughs> I am because I'm a bit of a white devil myself. Now I, I am eating, uh, Are you eating raw meat in a cave. So they use tricknology to usurp power and enslaved the black population, bringing the first slaves to America. Now, apparently all races other than the black race were byproducts of Yakub's work as red, yellow, brown races were created during the bleaching process. Jesus However, Christ. the black race included Asian peoples considered to be shared ancestors of the Moors and whites were defined as Europeans. Now, Elijah Muhammad also asserted that some of the new white race quote tried to graft themselves back into the black nation but they had nothing to go by as a result they became gorillas now according <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck was this guy no, smoking dude, dude? Yeah, dude now according to nation of islam doctrine yakub's progeny were destined to rule for 6,000 years before the original black peoples of the world regained dominance, a process that had begun in 1914. So, as white devils, our time is almost up, gentlemen. <laughs> I think we've still got a few years. Now, this is right up my alley because Yakub. Now, if we look at the picture of Yakub, what is this similar to that we've discussed? A dick. No, dude, we have stickers of it. Crowley's oh, yeah. drawing of lamb. Mm, is this sure. like some type of alien? 
Oh, well, not even alien, but um, some type of like, because Crowley. Oh, you seen a guy that looks like that? No, before? Crowley opened the portal and he let like things through. Uh, maybe this Yakub is some relation to that because can you, can we even prove that we aren't white devils and that this isn't true? Oh, no, we are. <laughs> exactly. I mean, can you come up with any um, irrefutable evidence to go against this? Well, the guy lost me at the gorilla part. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's an interesting perspective. It is, because if you think about it, like what Nation of Islam did was just flip. They just flipped the script. Yeah. They were just like, hey, white people use this I, this racist ideology of like superiority to suppress us. And they kind of, in their own minds, based on the teachings of the Moorish Science Temple, they were like, hey, um, no, no, no. We were actually, like, how could slavery have happened to millions of people? How could such a horrible thing have happened to all of us collectively without being able to just point the finger and say, well, this is actually how it happened? Trichnology, baby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we are still using trichnology to this day uh, as white devils. Now... So also like nations of Islam's approach is kind of like the Mormons approach to Christianity. It's basically just fan fiction <laughs> carving okay. its own path, right? So yeah, I was thinking like something like that, man, like who, who chooses? I mean, they always say like the victors decide history or whatever. Well, in America, again, this is like, I have a whole spiel on this later, but this is like, if you look at like the evolution of religion in America, that our like freedom of thought and freedom to believe whatever the fuck you want to believe. That's how we get to things like Mormonism, like Scientology, like mm. nation of Islam, you know, because in Europe, if they went against the church, people would just kill them. Right. That didn't happen here. So you had these ideals be able to evolve and kind of go their own crazy ways. And we see this just like schism and schism and schism all the way down to this shit crazy for that one am i right my devils <laughs> no don't be going turning yourself into a gorilla all right <laughs> well i'm not trying to graft myself back yeah back in yeah now okay so nation of islam they had a very widespread cultural appeal uh because of black nationalism you know this as we said this is a this is during a period of rising attention to segregation. Uh, it's the civil rights movement. And then you also get high profile events like Cassius Clay becoming Muhammad Ali, uh, who changed his name because Elijah Muhammad told him to. You got the assassination of Malcolm X. And these like major uh, cultural events, they raised the profile of Islam as a potential way for African-Americans to assume a distinct identity away from white power structures. Did Tyson convert as well? I believe he did, yeah. He uh, he converted to Islam when he was locked up, right? I think so. I was just trying to make sure I was right on that. Yeah. Now, Malcolm X would eventually leave the Nation of Islam um, because he had some internal and theological disputes uh, and he would actually travel to Mecca and, and places in North Africa and Egypt. And he was like, hey, this nation of Islam belief is a, is a sham. And he converted to full-on Sunni Islam. You guys want to do that sometime? Not convert, just visit? <laughs> and well, maybe we will convert. Uh, now, 
He also denounced the nation of Islam altogether. And people say that like, there's again, this is, this could be a whole nother episode on his assassination because people say it was nation of Islam that assassinated him because they were a violent group at the time, I guess. Um, but then there's you others. Yes. It, it, okay. This is see, this is where we're getting into a whole other thing. Now there's a whole conspiracy with his death, and it's like some people say it was FBI. This again goes to CoIntel Pro because this was all around the same time period. Um, but you know that's a whole another another side note. Um, but so from Nation of Islam, you all this influenced creation of related groups in face like um, the Five Percent Nation, founded in Harlem in 1965 by Allah the Father, Clarence Thirteen X. Um, this is an Islamic influenced theology with added mystical theology, such as supreme mathematics and the supreme alphabet. And the supreme clothing band. That's where Supreme was founded. <laughs> I do not believe that's where Supreme was founded, but. Very close to Harlem. Uh, the five percenter theology has also influ- influenced uh, popular culture, especially in hip hop. Um, you know, this has, has worked its way into Jay Z lyrics, Nas, Big Daddy Kane, Wu Tang Clan, etc. And from out of groups like this, we get the black Hebrew Israelites. Um, This can also be seen as a further splinter group and their beliefs filter down into things like Nick Cannon, Deshaun Jackson, Kendrick Lamar lyrics on the damn album, uh, Jay Electronica, a written testimony where I said, this is where like the Louis Farrakhan rhetoric comes in. Um, Kanye talks about Farrakhan a lot. Yeah, and the the black Hebrew Israelites, those guys are downtown all the time. There's a sect of them in San Diego. Um, but you see all of this stuff like it's like a sifter, you know? It's like layers of a sifter and it starts with Moorish Science Temple and it just keeps filtering down, filtering down into these and the ideologies just keep spinning and get crazier and fucking crazier. That was going to be my question, Did they get more extreme basically. I would say so because you look at like Nation of Islam and we talked about like African-American uplift and like, yeah, it does change some people's lives. Like we said, people in prison convert to Nation of Islam and they become better people. They they're wearing bow ties. They're clean cut. They're subscribing to this more regulated life of like, I'm not going to eat meat and this. It does turn their lives around. But at what expense? Because then you also have the. Uh, stuff like black Hebrew Israelites where uh, Jews are imposters and liars and they've been lying for 4,000 years and we are the true Israelites and that's where it gets. Well, yeah, but it's just like, as you said earlier with any religion, people just take their spin on things and they want to be in power and they're like, hey, this is what I believe. Do you want to follow this? And some people don't really grasp the whole concept that the someone could be just full of shit and they just kind of subscribe to the idea not saying that all of islam is just total bullshit but i'm saying like that guy literally as you said earlier cherry picked exactly ideas yeah. and was like oh well let me also add in this stuff like i'm a reincarnation of the prophet muhammad and then people that followed him were like oh he died so i'm a reincarnation of him it's just like and then they wh- believe where that does it uh, end? You know black I mean? mad scientists created white people 6000 years ago yeah and if you tried to be black again you turn into a gorilla <laughs> yes now but but see that's that's what they believe right if you truly believe something then isn't that the truth like i've been watching uh, man in the high castle okay Great so series, by the way yeah 
So, I mean, these guys come in and, like, there's films that show, like, hey, America won the war and stuff. But then, obviously, the Nazis and Japanese are, like, in control of America. So, like, what's real, you know? Yeah, and see, that's getting into, like... And that uh, will lead into our next episode, which will be about... (laughs) (laughs) But see, that's up there with, like, Holocaust denial shit. And that's what I'm saying. Like, that's, like, the problem with this revisionist history type shit because, like, we go all the way back to Morris Science Temple and this guy... At a time where, again, you couldn't fact check, you couldn't look into history, mm. just said this stuff and said, hey, all black people are of Moorish descent. And then you kind of get the filtering down of these beliefs. And like we see this shit on the other side as well. Same shit with like Holocaust denial. Like wasn't that or the lady who just got fucking kicked out of Congress who believes that like the Jews started all the wildfires with a magic space laser beam. Simulation theory. <laughs> you baby. Know what I'm talking about, dude. Uh, I didn't hear that, but yeah, dude, Majory Green or something like that. They just voted oh, yeah. to remove her, and like, if you read the shit on some of her posts, it's fucking crazy. But again, dude, people have crazy ass ideas. And again, this is America. You can believe whatever the fuck you want to believe. Right? Freedom of speech, uh, freedom from religious prosecution to an extent. <laughs> to an extent, yeah. Uh, maybe we can get into that because we've got later spiels in here. But let's. So that's kind of where I wanted to go on one path because you see the more science temple develop and then all these sects of like very racist people. Um, and then in more recent years, there seems to have been a bit of a resurgence in this whole Moorish theory uh, with uh, these people. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> no, no, then with they're what's known as Moorish nationals. Now, there's a bunch of new movements that have popped up since the Moorish Science Temple of America, so it's hard to pin down which sects believe in which. Um, but one of the more popular takes on this are Moorish nationalists or Moorish sovereign citizens. Well, I mean, as you said with the uh, filter thing earlier, the sifter, uh-huh. it just ke- kind of seems like, all right, so Noble Ali, he takes these ideas and starts the Moorish Science Simple, correct? Mm-hmm. And then everyone that pulls from that is just kind of pulling it in their own direction. Exactly. And that's where it gets more specific, which is what I was talking about. Like, yeah, maybe it didn't start out as a dangerous thing, but because like... I wonder how it would have evolved if he didn't bring the whole racial aspect into it. Like it's like Adam was saying, if he just took the Asian philosophy of like no race and just did that uplift, what, what would have happened? How would it evolve from there? Because you see him say that like all black people are of Asian descent and that's where you get this twisting and bending to get you to the belief that white people were, are all white devils that were created in a lab and the black uh, man is the true ruler, uh, which also that whole theology is a mind fuck because so uh, based on that belief, black people had power and just gave it to these white devils that he created like sea monkeys in a vial. And then <laughs> that's like how we get to where we are now. Well, he's been in the lab with a pen and a pad. This is actually all implemented by the Freemasons. Oh, yes. It's all part of the now, plan, see, dude. that's where it'll come back full circle. Now, so, but back to these new sects, because as we were saying, like there's been a ton of split offs, but these Moorish nationals or uh, Moorish sovereign citizens, they claim to follow Moorish science 
And they'll basically just file false legal documents in various municipalities around the United States, including fake liens, deeds, and property claims. They refer to this as paper terrorism. Now, the actual lineage of Noble Drew's Moorish Science Temple have disavowed any affiliation with these people, claiming them radical and subversive fringe groups. Now, (laughs) now Morris sovereign (laughs) citizens, uh, they've been designated as an extremist group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. And you can actually go to SPL.com and track. They have a hate map, which um, lists out all these hate groups. Now, (laughs) which state do you think has the most hate groups? Mississippi. Mississippi? Alabama. Alabama? Arkansas. Well, you were both wrong. It's actually California with a whopping 72. Wow. Uh, And then I think Florida is next with 68. Fuck, I should have said Florida. (laughs) Yeah. We we knew it was Southern, man. Um, But these guys I spoke to uh, about in the beginning. You know, they... they I thought you spoke to them. No, no, no. I spoke... (laughs) Remember I was saying in the beginning, like, they... They don't think the law applies to them, and they just kind of skirt the whole thing with these beliefs. So better. So basically what they do is they take the Moorish Science Temple of America teachings, they combine them with the Sovereign Citizens Movement. Now, if you don't know what that is, Sovereign Citizens basically are self-described sovereign citizens, and they see themselves as answerable only to their particular interpretations of common law. So Must they're be nice. So they're not subject <laughs> to any government statutes or proceedings. Uh, the United States, they don't recognize the U.S. currency. Uh, they maintain that they, they are Bitcoin. They maintain that they are quote free of any legal constraints, uh, and they especially reject taxation as illegitimate. Um, they argue that this concept is an opposition to the idea of federal citizens who they say have unknowingly forfeited their rights by accepting some aspect of federal law. Mm. Uh, And these guys, the sovereign citizens themselves, were originally heavily associated with white supremacy and far-right fringe groups. And this already might be a (laughs) mindfuck, right? Because now... So this starts off as a white supremacy far right thing. Like, you know, the people that kind of indoctrinated um, the Oklahoma City bombing guy. What's his face? Timothy McVeigh. Yes, Timothy McVeigh. Like, these are like the survivalist guys that uh, like move out in like North Idaho and and are like living off the land and have buckets of rainwater. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You'd see him on an episode of like zombie survivors. Yeah, that's where this whole sovereign citizens thing come from. And then so these other people, they take that and they mix it with the Moorish Science Temple of America. Uh, and they basically form their own ideology because if we go and this is already starting to get so modeled and complicated, but the Moorish Science Temple of America, like the the original one that we talked about, um, Noble Drew Ali claimed to have made a pilgrimage to North Africa where he studied with Moorish scholars and received a mandate from the King of Morocco to instruct African Americans. Um, so there's nothing to prove this? Well, <laughs> well, hold on, hold on, because let me, I have to go on a whole spiel here now. Well, you said claimed to. So. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing to prove that he ever went to Morocco or, or Africa. So he doesn't actually have this uh, 
mandate. Yeah. Now, some groups see noble Drew Ali's association with the ruler of Morocco as significant because there is a long historic relationship between this Moorish country, Morocco, and the United States. And this is actually true. Uh, Morocco, under the leadership of Sidi Mohammed bin Abdullah, also known as King Mohammed III, was the first country in the world to recognize the USA as an independent nation in 1777. Mm. Now, they basically, this new sect of Moorish science that are combined with the sovereign citizens, they basically use this historic act as justification that there was an important relationship that existed between America's Masonic leaders and the Moors. So does it, is this line of thought starting to make sense? Because it is like completely fabricated bullshit, but they'll like, they'll use all this stuff and weave it into these lectures. And they'll say that like, cause they believe that Freemasons fully founded America and it was this whole secret society. And then they, they say, but they had a connection with the Moors and we can see that through this relationship with the Moors and America. But really that was just like to establish trade. And even that relationship uh, was slow moving at best. Um, and they also claim that George Washington was presented with a Moorish flag, which I couldn't find any uh, historical record of this other than on like Moorish science websites. <laughs> but if you look at the Moorish flag, it's a red background, five pointed green star in the center uh, pentagram. Now, some Moors say that this is uh this is featured prominently and this proves that um this is proved through masonic architecture the layout of the city of washington dc was designed by the freemasons and incorporates the pentagram mm. yeah but wasn't it technically based off of paris well yeah i mean again this is all bullshit um now some even go further Unless you believe it well, some even go further in explaining that all Freemasonry is built on a twisting of the truth of Moorish science. In turn, this secret power behind the West, based on the supreme wisdom derived from esoteric Islam, and these European colonists usurped the knowledge of the Moors and created a nefarious system of control that blinds man to his true identity. Oh, uh, that could be some truth to it. Freemasonry was identified as a chief player in the world Babylonian system, the mastermind of the institutions of indoctrination that prevent the full knowledge of the true God to be known. Morris science is the effective counter to the Freemasonic imposters and a force of truth, love, peace, freedom, and justice. Can I get a praise Allah? <laughs> I don't think we're allowed to do that. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying like, this is what... This is how these thoughts develop, and this is their whole, like, um, I guess, uh, it's just the whole conspiracy. Okay, but if you take out the part about having an open Bible in the room, all of the symbology and stuff that Freemasons used is basically taken from various parts of Northern Africa. Am I wrong? All-seeing eye, the pyramids... Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, see, but this goes back to like groups like that. So you have the the Masons and then you also have the Moors. They did the same thing. 
They both basically just took from like ancient Egypt because it was mysterious and mystic and they use that symbology and they create fabricated lineages to that as proof that they are like righteous and, and holy. They are who and they like, say they are. Yeah. So you gotcha, see? Gotcha. Flim, flim flam artists. Yep. They gain a whole bunch of followers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, now the conspiracy, I was reading more into the conspiracy on some of these websites. And Technology it goes, at its best. <laughs> Technology <laughs> at its best. Uh, this is the white devil at its best because these conspiracies go on. Is there a struggle between occult brotherhoods to influence human destiny? Mm. Are the dramatic events taking place in the world from a con- from the continuing strife in Palestine, Iraq, and Afghanistan to the rivalry between the forces of Atlanticism, Britain and the U.S., and Eurasia, Russia and China, are these just surface manifestations of a deeper conflict? Certainly, the strange saga of Moorish science and the Moorish Orthodox Church adds weight to the observation made by one of the 20th century's most controversial mystics. Now, the website I pulled this from doesn't say who this mystic is, but they give the quote, There is a history behind our so-called history that you cannot even conceive of. History has a deeper base. The periphery that we know as history is not the reality. Behind our so-called history continues another history, a deeper one about which we know nothing. So is this some grand cabal by the Freemasons that was stolen from the Moors and Moorish knowledge to form the USA and strip them of their true identity? Oh, see, I, I kind of went the opposite direction. I'm thinking, first and foremost, disclaimer and everything, like the slave trade was bad, people being forced into servitude against their will, separated from their culture. That's bad. We can all agree on that. But what what if... This was the Moors' plan to infiltrate the United States, like an old uh, Trojan horse, if you will. Okay, so then, like years down the line, the Moors are going to rise up. Yeah, and that ties back into the one guy's Yakub's. Oh, Yakub, yeah. Okay, so you're buying into the Yakub stuff now. I mean, I get. How do you argue with a dickhead like that? (laughs) Yeah, he did have a big head. They called him Big Head. So. Okay, I'm put. I'm picking up what you're putting down, and it's like I said, you know. I mean, we can't necessarily prove that we aren't white devils, and <laughs> maybe this whole thing is a is a true facade, and um, it's all part of the plan. It's all part of the plan. When I was researching this, though, there were a couple of reports. Not sure. I didn't research enough to find out if they were truly, in fact, uh, Moors. But there is multiple uh, reports of like how Adam's saying if if this was their plan to infiltrate the new world, kind of. There was a bunch of reports of certain slave trades that like went bad, where like as soon as they got to where they were in the Caribbean, they just took over. Oh yeah, we see that in Haiti too. So, I mean, I'm not subscribing to that idea, but I'm saying maybe. I definitely think that these guys are uh, smarter than they're given credit for historically. The Moors? Mm. Yeah. But the actual Moors. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is crazy to see the... But it's also... Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. But 
I was just in adding to that the documentary that I the documentary that I watched was saying that a big part of the reason that we don't learn about them in history is because especially in Spain like Spain didn't want to be known as oh our country got taken over by Islam and because of all the stuff that was going on with like the crusades or mm. they were basically trying to convert everyone to Christianity. Mm. They didn't want to be known as like, Oh, our country was like so weak that we got taken over by these people that, cause it's basically, I mean, the crusades is basically Islam versus Christianity now. It's much I more mean, complex. I mean, obviously, <laughs> y- yes, it's deeper than that, but I'm saying like you could look at it from that perspective. It's like some of them. Christians were just trying to take over. They were trying to take back the Holy Land, but again, like, uh, it's, yeah, the the Crusades is massively complex. Okay, well, nonetheless, I'm just saying that Spain basically tried to wipe as much of that history out as they could, so uh, I'm sure if you were to go to Spain today, you don't really learn that much about that in their history classes. I mean, who knows? Maybe. Um but yeah, what I was getting at was like, it's interesting to see. So like, that's the actual history of the actual Moors. But then in the US, you have the slave trade, which came over, stripped African-Americans of their history. And so they developed this whole new Moorish science temple. Uh, you also see, like we talked about on our zombies episode in Haiti, they were also, those slaves came over and developed their whole own religion but this was actually based on African tribal religions, which became voodoo. Voodoo. So it's like interesting to see the different uh, lineages and and stuff like that. Um, But real quickly back on the Moorish sovereign sect people, because I found this article from Tampa Bay times, 2012, the headline reads quote, jailed woman rejects us authority cites Moorish science temple. Now I pulled this article. So this, uh, this woman insists that she is, Zuri Akila Betiti Matawala Zurj Bey, a grand sheikis in the Moorish Temple of Science of the world. Uh, she operates a branch of the temple in her Spring Hill home, and she arrived com- from Columbia, South Carolina over the summer to tell other black people that they are not really U.S. citizens or subject to its government. Instead, they are Moorish with ancestral roots in Morocco. And she says, quote, When you belong to another government, you're not subject to someone else's rules and laws. Once you realize your heritage, you're free. That is, unless you are sitting in jail, booked under a name you've renounced on charges of driving with a counterfeit card tag, driving without a Florida license, and giving a false name to police. (laughs) Now, it's like... You look at all these, because I was even watching an article and there was a bunch of these Moorish science people. There's this huge mansion that was up for sale in uh, Maryland. And these guys just went in and just basically like took it over and said, no, we live here now. And this is funny because I was reading some of the YouTube comments and a lot of them are like, you know, they're silencing them because they are Moors and they, they don't know the law and all this stuff. But then it's also like, they're just doing the same thing that like white people did to come to the United States. They just go into a mansion and say, this is my land. Now I'm ta- I'm claiming this under like my Moorish heritage. And it's like, you look further back in history and it's like, yeah, we just came here and basically just kicked out the native Americans and genocide and kicked them off their land and just said, Oh no, we own this now. New world. 
Yeah, it, you know, there was a time where that would fly. Not anymore. Well, did they successfully <laughs> take over the mansion? They did not. They actually left, <laughs> and the, the one guy is in jail. This lady, as far as I could tell, was still in jail. And Teabag, this is where you were getting at with the uh, applying and stuff. I think we saw a similar thing recently with Most Deaf. You know how he's now Yasin Bey? Yeah. Most definitely. Now, I don't know. I couldn't find much on like why he changed his name. I saw that it was like for solidarity of people being tortured in Guantanamo Bay or something like that. But I don't know if he's actually Moorish or like Nation of Islam or what. But he was arrested in South Africa trying to like leave on a plane with what was known as a world passport. And I was looking what the this fuck up. Is that? There's this World Service Authority, which is a nonprofit organization. 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 And it's just uh, their motto is, I'm a world citizen. And they just authorize like this fake self certified paperwork. And I guess they you can get a passport from them. Mm. Too bad I just renewed mine. Yeah, because they just, I guess, renounced the whole ideas of like countries and like borders. And they're just saying, hey, you know, you can go anywhere in the world with our world passport. And I was like, I want to apply to this and get one of these things. You should, I think that's how it should be. See if it works. Yeah, I, I, I'm in agreement there. Um, Citizen of the world, baby. Now, again, going off the more science stuff, uh, as recently as July 15th, 2019, Philadelphia Mayor Jim Kenney, as part of a diversity program, proclaimed July 15th to be Morocco Day. And he had the city mistakenly invite members of the local Moorish Science Temple to the ceremony, believing them to be of actual Moroccan descent. <laughs> Classically <laughs> trick, classic technology, right? No, there. That's white devil, dude. That's classic Philly, dude. <laughs> They're not throwing batteries at Santa Claus. Yeah, and this is where like you see this shit start to permeate, as like the mayor has actually believing. That, and this is like certifying their belief of if they just say that, hey, we are of Moroccan descent. And it's also what I was thinking is this noble Drew guy, he founded all this shit before 23andMe. <laughs> you know, if that existed, they could just take the test, find out their true heritage, bing, bang, boom. You're in. Have you guys done that test yet? <laughs> no, I have not. Um, I was thinking about doing one. You guys want to do one? We'll uh, do a little reveal. Maybe they'll give us like a special discount. So I wanted to get to this because they do teach like uh, I watched this one guy on YouTube and this link was actually sent to me by Mike. Now, this guy is like uh, Sheik Tariq Bay or something like that. And he gave this two hour lecture. I listened to a lot of it, skipped around a bit. Uh, and as far as I could tell, this guy's kind of an idiot, <laughs> but he's like, I guess, a good speaker. But he talks to the people like they're in a boot camp. You know, I'll put a link in the description, but he's like, he's like, do we understand? Do we understand? Are we tracking? And it's like, <laughs> and, it's like and he tells, like, he uses all these, he, they like twist words and they use that as like certifying that what he's saying is true. Like, I, I can't even explain it because it's like the fucking scene in Billy Madison where he goes on the whole thing about society is like the puppy. 
And the guy's like, we're all dumber for having listened to that. That's like what this guy's speech is like. Because he tells the people, he starts off saying that you, sh- like he's like, these are the books you should own. And he gives a recommendation of books. And he says that you should have no less than 13 dictionaries in your library. Sure, sure. <laughs> Just like, what? Makes like, sense to me. But why do you need that many dictionaries? Because you have to like look up all these words and he strings these thoughts that mean this and mean this. So that, that means that you're actually Moroccan and they use the George Washington thing. Uh, and then they use like stuff like the Louisiana Purchase and they muddle that uh, this was actually like Moroccans that owned this. So y- this is like the U.S. Constitution doesn't negate that. And it's just, it's fucking crazy and it's like yeah that might make sense if you know jack shit about history (laughs) you know obviously that's what he's banking on and well and what version of history you subscribe to exactly now he does recommend one book which i actually found fascinating because i looked up some of these books to see like hey what are these guys teaching uh he reckon he has this he keeps saying this line human beings aren't crayons great line and he t- yeah it's a great line dude uh and he says to get this book it's called nature knows no color line uh world's great men of color by joel august rogers now this guy is an author journalist historian and his belief is basically in one race humanity um, and he says this precludes the idea of several different ethnic races Um, and he was a humanist. He used history as a tool to bolster his ideas about humanism. Um, and his scholarship was to prove his underlying humanistic thesis that people were one large family without racial boundaries. Mm. Now it's like this stuff is I'm on board for this, you know? Yeah. I'm, and, 100%. you know, I'm, it's like when it started out, the minority uplift in the time of civil rights, like um, dismantling this whole scientific race thing. I'm all for that. I think anybody can get behind that. Um, but it's like we said, you know, when you start to create this uplift at the expense of another group or you announce this call to action, uh, this is where like the problem set in. You know, why not just teach the uplift? Mm-hmm. Uh, why not just teach the no color line? Like, does there need to be the whole anti-Semitic racial superiority narrative? And, you know, we see this all around, you know, QAnon, Pizzagate. Yeah, sure. Sit around and make these claims. Believe these claims if you want that all Democrats are a cabal of child sex traffickers and Trump is our savior. But don't go storm in the Capitol. Don't go into a pizza joint with an M4 shooting holes in the wall. You know, sure, believe you're an Israelite, despite the fact that you won't follow the Jewish faith because they've been lying for 4,000 years and they're not the true Jews. But don't go shoot up a kosher grocery store and kill four people because of it. Right. And this is where my whole thesis comes in is like, is this the price we pay for living in the land of the free? Is that the very nature of these, like... Is the nature of these types of thoughts or ideologies evil and dangerous, or is it the actions from these thoughts? And, you know, what can be done without living in some Orwellian society? You know, like you see it with, uh, and I want to see where, where do you guys stand on the whole, like, Twitter, Facebook, banning people like like Trump is now banned from Twitter. Alex Jones is banned from Twitter and YouTube. But uh, like Louis Farrakhan still has a Twitter. Teabag banned from YouTube. <laughs> T-bag banned free, from baby. YouTube. Um, well, yeah. To an extent. But see, what I'm getting at is, 
is this like, what do you guys think about the nature of these thoughts and, and actions versus ideologies? And like, is that the price we pay for living in the land of the free? Like you're free to think and believe whatever you want, but don't go act upon it. I may don't. Well, I, first I want to go back to this uh, human beings aren't crayons philosophy because I think that's great. But apparently if you subscribe to that, you're wrong. That's why I spent my six years in grad school failing out of three different schools I was told, oh, that's, that's slander, wrong. bud. <laughs> I was told you need to treat people differently because of their race. And I, that's a big part of the reason why I failed out of the programs because I can't subscribe to that. I don't believe in that. I treat human beings as human beings. I, I'm going to treat you, and it, I, I go on the content of your character, the way you act, going, building into what you're getting at. The way you act is how I'm going to respect you as a human being. If you act like a dickhead, I'm going to think you're a dickhead. If you treat people shitty, you're probably going to get treated shitty, regardless of anything. Yeah, and I think like if I can try to kind of unpack that, because, yeah, I'm all for the like nature knows no color line, like all that stuff. I think I'm going to read more into this guy, and I might even get this book and check it out, because it's like you were saying, like, And this is where it's like, this is very deep, like philosophical type stuff, but it's like, you can preach that. But I think what a lot of times people will do is twist the whole no color into thing into like, you know, like the, I don't see color and people are like, no, you should celebrate your heritage. You should celebrate this. Um, It's like that gets lumped into like suppressing culture and suppressing like, um, a minority heritage and and stuff like that. But I think they're not like, they can be separate lines of thought, you know, because like, for example, like see see if you guys are tracking on this and maybe I'm like, I was listening to Sam Harris and he's a a philosopher and talks a lot about race. uh, And he was saying like, do you know how many redheads got into Harvard last year? Do you know how many blondes were accepted to Yale? We don't know these statistics because it's not important. It doesn't right. matter. And if you read like the teachings of Martin Luther King, this is kind of what he was getting at in his I Have a Dream speech. These things shouldn't matter. We shouldn't care about these things, but we do. We deeply believe this. And uh, Sam Harris had an interesting quote. He was saying, like, if you do believe that the color of your skin does matter and it will always matter. Keep in mind the same people that agree with that thought are also white supremacists. Mm-hmm. You know, does that make sense? Oh yeah. Makes sense to me. So I think that's where like, that's where I'm all for like these groups teaching that stuff. Like the, that book is, is a great recommendation by this guy. But then when you bring in, it's like you were saying in the beginning, like how can you teach that? but then also teach that like Yakub made white devils in a lab. Like it's, it's, it's conflicting, you know? And then same like we see the same thing with like, like uh, I'm not saying that like white people are innocent of this stuff or anything. Like we, I'm just saying we see this all around. We even see it with like uh, Jewish culture. Like we said on last time, they're constantly maligned. They have been maligned since the beginning of history, so to speak. Oh yeah. I mean, it, that's what I, it, it's just a massively complex history and you know we're not going to unpack it all on this episode and and maybe if somebody's listening they have some other thoughts or or think that we're wrong in any any thoughts and 
and um, send them our way, you know? <clears throat> to build off your, I mean, to answer your question, I guess, what, in this country, I believe what you want to believe, what you, if you do it in the privacy of your home or your head, go for it, man. If, like, you, like you said earlier, if you want to believe whatever you want to believe, that's fine. When you start turning those things into actions and they have a negative impact on somebody else's being, that's where I have a problem. That's me personally. Oh, yeah, and see, that's like the issue with a lot of these groups is because they do this revisionist history and they rewrite this stuff as like, hey, um, this is why, and it's because of that like the Jews actually are evil and like uh, these crazy dangerous thoughts and those filter, filter further out into like somebody claiming to be a black Hebrew Israelite and shooting up a kosher supermarket. And I mean, we see the same thing with like white supremacists as well. And it's like, that's where I was getting at with like the whole, we're living in America. Like you can believe, we can believe the whole no color thing and, or we can believe, uh, in like white supremacy. Is that the price we pay that like to be in a truly free country, freedom of speech, freedom of thought, uh, does, do these assholes, um, putting up like racial supremacy does that just come with the deal well it's just like i was telling this chick at the gym the other day because like every day we we deal with fucking assholes just because we're in north carolina san diego where all the rich people live but i said hey look i've been around i worked at a bunch of different places no matter where you work or how nice you are to the people that you're working for or with as your customers there's always going to be someone that's an asshole you could be as nice as you want but that you're always going to deal with assholes. And I think that's just relative to human nature. But what I wanted Every, to say. So all humans are assholes. To an Every extent. village has its idiots, man. Every but, village, I'm, yeah. but I'm saying you could have great beliefs and great morals and not everyone's going to, you know, prescribe to the same ideologies as you. And just to play off of what you were saying with the land of the free and are these thoughts or ideologies uh, evil and dangerous when I was listening to um, the Mike Tyson podcast where he was interviewing Bill Burr they got off on this tangent talking about do you believe there's a God Mike he, Tyson asked this yeah and he said well yeah there has to be like some type of creator but then he started talking about how shitty he thinks religion is how it's like full of bullshit. And if you guys know me, if you've listened to the podcast, you know, I don't really subscribe to any specific type of religion. I would like to think that there is a higher power out there. I do believe there is a God, but he asked him a very interesting question. He said, do you think as a world, if religion didn't exist, will we be worse off or better off? I was like, damn, that's like a pretty deep question because although there's so many like schisms, breakoffs, like, as we've talked about in this whole entire episode, like just seeing from where it went in like what the late 1800s all the way down to now, there's been so many differentiations just in this one type of religion. And throughout history, we see that breakup of different religious beliefs. Like if there, if no one ever believed that, I feel like, you know, maybe we would be worse off than we are now, even though, there's definitely like shitty things that have happened throughout history because of religion. Mm. Yeah. That's also begs the question of like, which one is true or which one is right or are any of them true or right? Well, depends what you believe. Theoretically, it just goes back to your belief, but 
I'm just saying, it, I just thought that was like a pretty uh, interesting question, you know? Yeah. Never really thought about that. Yeah. And uh, I mean, all of like religion is pretty deeply fascinating. I've been reading up a lot on it because of these two episodes. Um, and you're most drawn to Islam? <laughs> yeah. So I think I'm going to convert my brothers. The uh, fri- that's the Friday thing. <laughs> no, no. That's uh, Moorish <laughs> Science Temple, dude. That's not Islam. Oh. Uh, but what I was so oh that's specifically Moorish science yes, temple okay yeah. now what I'm saying is like um, so you have these thoughts this is America we can believe whatever we want to believe um, can anything even be done about this kind of dangerous thought stuff without seeming to be living in some like George Orwell's 1984 like when you supp- like you can't really suppress like if somebody just says like hey I'm a I'm a Nazi I'm a white supremacist a neo-Nazi I, this is what I believe and they just come up to you and say that like uh, you can believe that I guess but it's just like you know what it, those become dangerous just like we see with the black supremacist stuff at what point do you stop this stuff at what point do you silence this stuff uh, because I think we're even seeing those questions being brought up with like the Twitter and the YouTube and the Facebook stuff. But I mean, my whole thought there is like with the, like everybody's like, Oh, they're being silenced. This is closer to fascism where they're not mm-hmm. letting people like Alex Jones or Teabag have YouTube. But it's also those companies were, are just tech companies that were founded by one guy. It's his company. Like, yeah, they might be the biggest one, but don't you have the right to refuse uh, service to anybody or whatever? Like, uh, it would be a problem if the government started doing it, correct? Yeah. 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 Just going off of that, though, I'm, I think that if you're going to kind of suppress people that are like how you gave the Nazi example. Mm-hmm. Like if you're out there preaching stuff about like hate groups or hate speech or stuff like that, then yeah, that stuff should be suppressed. But why, why, why do you get to make that decision? I'm not saying I agree with it, but why do you get to make that decision? That's kind of the questions I want to uh, get out here because yeah, we are in the land of the free freedom of speech, freedom from religion, freedom from prosecution. You can believe whatever the fuck you want to believe. So why are we saying no, 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 not these people. And who gets to make that judgment call? I mean, I don't know who gets to make the judgment call, but I'm just saying the, I feel like the more you suppress negativity and prescribe to positive teaching and stuff like that, the better the world will end up being. But obviously there's always going to be some like little niche group that's completely fucked up. Like you're never going to, you're never going to get the world to totally either believe one thing or actually be fully free with people that are 100% positive, unfortunately, just because the way people are raised. Yeah, but so like if you look at that, like would you say we'd be better off in a society or a government where they suppress pretty much everything that could be seen as negative or just free for all, do whatever you want, believe whatever you want? I feel like eventually over time, if it was more open-ended, it could be better, but you have to kind of at some point weed out that negativity. But then you see that's the slippery slope of like who gets to make that call. Especially in today's day and age, anything someone says can be out of context, could be 
a negative thing. And a lot of, I feel like a lot of the time the media tries to just cling on to the negative stories. Like how many times do you turn on the news and see all this shitty stuff? Like mm-hmm. instead of seeing something like cool that happened or something like some like new creation was made or someone found the cure for a disease, you don't see as much positivity just in the media. And then so many people cling on to these negative images and ideas. And that goes into a whole nother conspiracy of like Mockingbird and the um, control of the media, that type of stuff, which could also be another episode. And we'll get to that later on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And what's also interesting to look at is like, so let's say you're espouting that, um, or let's use the Yakub shit as an example, um, because this, and we can even use the Nick Cannon shit as an example, because he had Professor Griff on, who was Professor Griff was kicked out of public enemy for being super racist and subscribing to the Yakub stuff. And they were talking about like their beliefs and stuff in that, like the more melanin black people are truly righteous because they have more melanin in their skin. The more melanin you have, the more righteous you are. White people are destined to be evil because there is no melanin in their skin. Uh, and he got canceled for this. And then it's like conspiracy theories by nature uh, you get that like self sealing, like uh, just shutting them because they got canceled and he deleted the episode and they shut him down. That's proof that what he was saying is true because they want to shut him up and they are in control. You know, same with Alex Jones. He's out there uh, saying all this crazy shit like Sandy Hook and all these in Vegas are all false flags. They shut him down and then... Ellen Crunton uh, likes to eat babies. <laughs> yeah, and then the conspiracy theorists are like, oh, that's because he was telling the truth. Telling the truth. They shut him down because they don't want the truth getting out. You, you mm. see it go both ways and then that also goes to your whole, the line that you constantly utter on many of podcasts, that's what they want you to think. That's another <laughs> self-sealing like conspiracy theory thing because you can't like say that's what they want you to think, but then use other things as like proof, you know, like if we're going to discredit, like we always discredit the official narrative, you know, yeah. but you can't then turn around and use something from the government as proof. That's what they want you to do. <laughs> yeah, so you can just say <laughs> that to literally anything. But yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of where, you know, I don't, I don't really know what my whole thing is with this. I know we're not going to really solve anything. We're not going to get to any answers because these are questions we're asking that have no answers. Uh, and maybe that's what us as white devils would have people believe. Well, <laughs> my basic thing that I was trying to get at was I think that if we want to live in a fully free society, it, ha- it definitely has to be more positive than negative. And even though the cancel culture has weeded out some really shitty people, I think that sometimes it goes a bit too far. As you're saying, like Alex Jones kicked off of Twitter and YouTube. Just, I mean, yeah, some of the shit that he says is pretty fucking out there, but there's a lot of people out there that are doing that kind of shit. Yeah, and it is, and that's where it's into the whole, like, is it one-sided weeding out the negativity? Because, like you said, we have Trump and Alex Jones canceled from, or not canceled, but kicked off Twitter, yet Louis Farrakhan tweets out in 2018, I'm not anti-Semite, I'm anti-termite. <laughs> and he tweets Christ. out all this fucking 
virulent anti-Semitic rhetoric and people just kind of don't care. And that could maybe be because like his connections probably. <laughs> it's also like he thinks that like white people created homosexuality to bring down the black man. So he's <laughs> racist, homophobic and anti-Semitic. And it's like, why aren't we also canceling? But out yeah, that that's negative? what I'm saying. It all goes back to what I was saying earlier with the religion thing. It's like that is, I don't think that he was born thinking those thoughts. I think that is something that he prescribed to some weird ass fucking religion that was a branch off of like yeah. 20 branches away from the actual bigger picture religion, yeah. and it's just created by some fucking weirdo that had all these stupid ass thoughts that thought he was the reincarnation of some other dumbass who could have been white. and then he is just spouting all this stuff to all these followers and these people that don't really have like their navigation in check maybe are like eh, seems legit i'll start following this guy sounds pretty cool <laughs> and then those people start following him and now he has this huge following of people that think everything he says is the truth because they have just been kind of, they're just kind of too enveloped into this idea that they don't realize how full of shit everything can be. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean. But I mean, that could go to, as we said, any religion. Obviously, you know, we're getting kind of off topic here. Yeah. And I'm saying, hell, open it all up. Let everybody say <laughs> whatever the fuck they want. It'll eventually yeah. work itself out. Natural I selection, think. baby. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Not only that, but I'm just saying, you know, it'll eventually, uh, we'll eventually work it out. We'll eventually learn to get along. Or we won't, and we die. Yeah, and then who cares? <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it. Um, I mean, again, I think this one got way off of like what it originally <laughs> set out to conquer, but... <laughs> Um, you know, maybe it sparks some interest on your end. Maybe you look into some of this stuff. Uh, maybe you think we're just completely wrong about some of this stuff. Uh, maybe you think we're white devils. Um, send us a message. Let us know what your thoughts are. Uh, if you have any discussion points, uh, you'd like to point out, let us know. And, um, on that one, I'd like to cite raceandreligion.com before the fez archives.nypl.org. Uh, www.encyclopedia.com, philosophy and religion, noi.org, change.org, report the real history of the Moorish Science Temple of America, and newdawnmagazine.com, the Masons and the Moors by Mehmet Sabhidin, uh, and also face2faceafrica.com. Uh, so check those sites out. For more on that, or if For you just want to see like racist terminology, <laughs> check those sites out. Or also check out uh, splcenter.org for the hate map. If you have any interest in looking up like where these hate groups are, not to go join. We're not condoning that. Just maybe if you want to be more aware, this is like the find a pedophile thing. My computer has chicken pox. <laughs> maybe look that up just to be aware. I'm saying people need to be aware of this stuff. Um and there you have it. Um, on that, 
if you have any more questions, feel free to DM <laughs> us, Podcast from Outer Space on Instagram, podcastfromouterspace at gmail.com. If you want to shoot us an email, if you have any suggestions for upcoming episodes, we'd love to hear it. As always, Loyal Legion, thank you guys for tuning in, and feel free to check out our website, podcastfromouterspace.com. You can grab some T-shirts, grab yourself a cool Shiesty Nation hat, as we mentioned before, or maybe you want to just grab some stickers. And with that... Yeah, if you're fortunate enough to be able to be on YouTube, make sure you follow our homies over at Beal Racing. If TikTok is your thing, make sure you follow my boy Jerry, Mr.Bauer27. Thank you to all of those that participated in the Teabag Challenge and the whole Star Fox giveaway. Congratulations to the winner. Hope you enjoy your package. Thank you to all of you who continue to tune in and support the podcast. We love you. We appreciate you. Let's uh, practice some love, freedom, truth, peace, and justice, regardless of what else you subscribe to in life. And on that note, so long and thanks for all the fish. All praises due. I'm ready to chase a yaku back in the cage. These are the last days. What do I see face? Showed up to the last supper. It's some brand new jays. I'm a true living. Book a hole. New religion. Eighth one. The other world. Alien superstition. You blind, baby. Blind to the fact of who you are, maybe. My bloodline's crazy. Kings and queens and Michael Jordan rings. I go stupid, though. Susie, though. The flow's filthy. Y'all can't kill me. I've been inoculated from the snakes in the face.